0: own the day own your life that's available at ownthedaybook.com this book is absolutely everything that i know all of the research all of the information all the expertise from everyone that i've met along the path including all the top athletes that work on it all the researchers all the doctors my own personal practices and stories that takes you through an entire optimized day. Like what does one day look like if you lived it to the very best of your ability and put all the practices in? You know, I think a lot of these transformational programs, they'll focus on 30 days, 40 days, 60 days, 90 days, and they'll get really myopic and focus on one specific thing. I just wanted to give people an opportunity to look at one complete day that maybe includes a glass of wine and includes playing with your kids or your dog and the commute to work and all of the different factors that are often ignored in these health and performance books. You know, this is a book for everybody. This isn't me preaching from some pedestal. This is me talking about all the ways that I've fucked up, all the errors that I've made along the path, how I've corrected them, the things that I'm still working on and how all the research points to what this human organism was meant to do to thrive under the blueprint of our possibility like what is what are we capable of like what's possible and can we put that together in one day and if we do put that together in one day how does that change our life i know that if you guys give this book a chance you're going to find one thing two things many things that are going to deeply impact how you live i've been overwhelmed by the support and uh, everybody who's been able to read it so far. And it's one of the things that I'm probably most proud of. So if you like any of the things that I've done, I promise you'll like this book. Um, I labored over every sentence and I just finished the audiobook version too. So if you like listening to me talk instead of read, that's gonna be available as well. And all of that's available at ownthedaybook.com. So I encourage you guys to check it out and uh, take a flyer on it and support us with the pre-orders. Pre-orders are super important for first-time authors like me, so in just deep gratitude and appreciation, hope you guys check it out. Ryan Holiday is one of my good friends, but more than that, he is also a stoic philosopher who wrote The Obstacle is the Way, an absolute must-read book if you want to understand how to use those challenges, use those resistance points that you find in your life as actually points of assistance, as one of those things that can sharpen your spirit, sharpen your will, sharpen your body, This is how the human organism works. But not only that, he wrote Ego is the Enemy, a great exploration of how we get in our own way. He also wrote Perennial Cellar, which is what we're talking about a little bit today, which is the process of creating a work, any kind of thing that you put into this world that has lasting, staying power. He's been a great ally for me in my writing process, and I'm happy to have him back on the Aubrey Marcus podcast. Ryan Holiday. So officially... I have to uh, say two things to you. Okay. One is thank you. Because without your idea and without your subtle pushing, I probably wouldn't have written this book. And it's been one of the fucking coolest experiences of my life.
1: Oh, thanks, man.
0: Yeah. So first is thank you. Second is fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> because it was one of the least pleasant yes, experiences. <laughs> because it was one of the hardest, yeah. most grueling, most fucking inner torturous things I've also ever done.
1: Yeah. The expression that I like is... um painters like painting writers like having written and yeah. so like people think people like writing and so they think they're gonna like writing a book no they're gonna like having a book <laughs> it's the inner it's going from the wanting to the having that is the that the trough of despair as they call it yeah yeah i've uh let's oh sorry that's all right
0: um i had no fucking clue how difficult yeah. it was gonna be like i really thought like yeah you know put some ideas out there we'll flush it out it'll kind of it'll write itself <laughs> you know <laughs> like that was kind of the idea but it was it was not that i mean it
1: is you got to go all in i mean if they wrote themselves there'd be a lot more good books out there you know <laughs> yeah. uh yeah it's uh it's it's also i think for most people it's like the hardest longest thing that they've ever done Yeah. so like you write an article that's, that's like one day's work. You might work on it for longer, than, but you can get like the bulk of one article down sure. in one day. I think that to me, I've always felt like with books, and maybe it's like um, running a marathon or something where, well, even a marathon is easier in this sense, but it's like you cannot see the end of it. So like you could you could have a great day writing and you've made no visible <laughs> progress towards being closer. You yeah, know? Yeah. Um, or even to think like it is not... Like, you're going to read your own book at some point, like when you do the audio book, let's say, mm-hmm. and you're going to be caught by surprise by passages in your own book. Well, I was doing that. I was preparing for that in this last
0: proofing. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was reading and just reading constantly. Whitney's there, and I'm trying to, like, hear my own voice say it because sure. that's that's a course it needs to be there. And I, I would find myself still laughing at the jokes that, sure. that we put in there and, and funny parts, and she's like, you're laughing at your own stuff. And I'm like, yeah.
1: And that's why the books are so fucking hard because – You can't the reason that's catching you by surprise is that you can't mentally conceive of the entirety of that book in your head at the same time like it's so many consecutive days of thinking that you they blur together and so it's like you work and work and work and you're not making progress and so that's like the most discouraging thing in the world
0: the most discouraging the heartbreaking is when you work and work and work and then you then you have a new idea or you like reach a new level or you understand because this concept we we like re-understood this concept like four times and each time you have to look at the whole piece and go like damn i gotta start from the beginning of all of this yeah and like you know the the voice changes and the structure changes and these different things like we rewrote this thing like yeah you're like so
1: i i did all those days for no reason (laughs) yeah but i mean it's a good it's a good i guess metaphor for life and that like you're gonna go down certain paths and then be like oops that was totally pointless but then when you get back on the road you're supposed to be on there there is some benefit to that you know
0: what's been a really cool validating process is i'm about to relaunch that go for your win which was the initial book that i came to you guys like i got an idea for a book i just wrote everything and it was like thirty thousand words (laughs) covering all of the things and you're like what are you doing man (laughs) this is not like (laughs) this is gonna work as a book i'm like no it is and then i i ended up turning it into an online course it was dope and people had a really great experience with that but i had to like teach people through the process because they're so dense but now as i'm about to re-release I'm going I'm going through and rewriting and yep. I'm so much better at that craft. Yes. Than I was two years ago. And I thought I was like I thought I was a, you know, good you writer were good. then. Yeah. But now like the process of writing and rewriting and rewriting and also working with Niels on this book, who's a fucking phenomenal writer himself. And like the process of of learning, you know, and almost mentoring from you guys, you know, and then and then also rewriting and writing and rewriting. I'm just a way better writer now. So let me ask you: when
1: you're when you write now do you write less or do you write more? Because I think that you can improve in both directions. I'm curious: like, is go for your win longer or shorter? It's like same because I've cut some stuff. Yeah, sure. And then I've added some
0: stuff that needed to be added. Like right. it's like fat fewer, with muscle. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like fewer, fewer concepts, better explained. Yeah, you know, and questions that I'm, I'm just like I just i'm thinking better now sure like question i remember i can recall questions that you would have for me that i would have like vague answers for and never got really translated into the course like the difference between your win and your mission and these different things and i'm going back through and like oh i never really explained that ever right and now i'm like if you're gonna write this you gotta explain these pieces you gotta move out the extra stuff you gotta make it really clear yes and that's uh so it's absolutely like it's amazing man it's like really congratulations thanks brother yeah it feels it feels really good like regardless you know as as we were mentioned before we got on air like expectations are super high from the book because mm-hmm. everybody who reads it is fucking stoked yeah this is amazing right you know, like first time i can't even believe this and i'm like chill everybody like yeah everybody chill i don't want it, i don't want huge expectations on this thing but well you know. i
1: think and i hope i didn't tell the story before but i think I think where you want, you want to be exactly where you are which is that like it's already a win and then if it sells one copy it's yeah, a yeah. win plus one copy mm-hmm. if it sells a million copies then it's a win plus a million copies Yeah. like I think my one of my favorite novels is a confederacy of dunces mm-hmm. by John Kennedy Toole and so it was rejected by his publisher and then he committed suicide like he was so devastated by it that he committed suicide um and then his mother discovered the manuscript and Walker Percy published it and it it won the Pulitzer prize and so like the same book that was rejected sold millions of copies there's a statue of him in his hometown now and it's considered one of the funniest books ever written mm-hmm. and so to me that's that's an indication of just how arbitrary Everything that comes after you write, like the last word, like every, like where you are now, which is like it's it's essentially closed. Like you're proofing some pages and making little decisions, but like everything that comes after, you have influence over, but not control over. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like you could run the best marketing campaign ever, and that like earthquake typhoon that they fear is going to happen <laughs> in the pacific northwest it could happen on the day your book comes out right. and nobody wants to read any books <laughs> about anything for nine months and yeah. then it's like it's like it never happened like michael lewis had a book come out like the week before september 11th and so did robert green and so it, that can happen yeah. you know and so if you can go into it like a win and then everything else is extra that's yeah. where you want to be
0: i i can definitely feel that i mean the internal i've always i always talk about the same thing it's all about the internal process sure. and i know my internal process is way fucking better you know i think the only other thing is and i know that the people who do read it i really am confident they're going to get value because sure. poured everything into this thing yeah and had you know the best experts working on it. like it's fucking dope but the publisher i love i really love the publisher yeah like, uh like karen you know from harper wave is just dope she's awesome she's got like i don't know have you ever met her uh i've never met her we've talked about yeah i talked she's just awesome she's got like a octopus mermaid seahorse tattoo she goes surfing in the cold atlantic she's just a gangster and yeah we like really connect and like i want to do good for her you know she like stepped up and took a chance on me and like i wanted to do good and it was like I'm gonna do my best, but
1: you well, know, I can't Aubrey promises. wouldn't. Aubrey wouldn't share this, but like when he turned in the manuscript, he got an email from his editor that I've literally never <laughs> seen before. Usually, they're like, "This is good, we can work with this." Like it, it's like it, it it when you put out a, when you submit a book, it's you submit it and then it's accepted, which basically means like you've been accepted to the Navy SEALs training <laughs> program, and now we're just gonna beat the shit out of you, and then at out the other side will come a book and when aubrey turned in uh his book they were like this is amazing we love <laughs> like nobody gets emails like that it was a it was absurd so yeah. uh i that would that would both be a huge relief and then also compound the exact expectations. well it's also it's
0: also gonna fuck me up for expectations right. in future months. Right, right, right i'm gonna right. turn it in
1: and be like there you go you're welcome and they're yes
0: like, this is dog shit
1: try, <laughs> try again i'm like what do you mean yeah exactly but yeah. uh yeah, no, I think going in, going, like, I'm better for the process yeah. may, means that you're both immune to potential downsides and then also, though, like, immune to the good side, right? Because, like, this I mean, this happened to me with the obstacles away. Like, I wrote it and, and my, my editor didn't send me an email like that. <laughs> she was like, this is good, you know, like, this is, this is pretty good. Uh, but then it came out and the sales were okay. And then, like, eight or nine months later, they started to, like, explode. Yeah, but um i remember that when it came out everyone's like it was okay you know what i mean right. so like you also want to be in a position like it ex- dramatically exceeding expectations can have a deleterious effect if yeah. it makes you think you're better than you are <laughs> right you know what i mean because right. that could be it could be that no other books no other good books came out <laughs> at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah like uh do you know mark manson uh-huh uh, he wrote so, a of not giving a fuck yeah. yeah that's like a great book and it sold really well and he's an amazing writer if hillary clinton had won the election i think fewer people would be like i want a book about not giving a fuck right, right. so also extreme success can be outside of your control it for- was just the right macro environment that he slipped something that just hit the congruent message that was in the ethos that that book would have been a home run whenever he published it Mm -hmm. you don't get to choose whether the bases are loaded when you go up to bat you know Uh, what i mean and that that's great that's part of it too i just made that up that was fucking good (laughs) that was
0: fucking good yeah yeah all you're responsible for is the swing
1: and yes and that's
0: a really important message in all this you know anything anytime you're outcome driven right you're setting yourself up for failure all you gotta i mean there's the pitch there's the swing
1: that's really all you're responsible for, you know? Yeah, yeah. Keep I just read this book, um, uh, The Way of Baseball, mm-hmm. which is amazing. You would love you would totally love it. Um, uh, it's about Sean Green, one of the best uh home run hitters ever. And his thing is whenever he would hit a home run, as he he would run around the bases and then he would take his gloves off and throw them into the stands because he wanted to like wash clean the the good thing. Do you know what I mean? It's not yeah. just like, hey, I struck out last time. Like I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do better this time. It's also like I did great this time, but now I I'm not great because I did like a great thing. That's that's interesting because you
0: do see people who can kind of struggle with that thing. Like even I know a lot of hockey players, and if they have a big goal scoring season, yeah. And then the minute they go a couple games next season without any goals, sure. it's like what the fuck is wrong with me? I'm in a slump, you know? Like yeah. And they'll they're champions. They pull themselves out of it, but it's an additional thought process of the expectations that
1: they even have for themselves when before there was just like shit i'm scoring goals it's sweet yeah it's like if you think if you think uh the good things say something about you that's a problem if you think the bad things say something about you that's a problem you ideally want to root it in something that's not external at all Mm
0: -hmm. yeah just how good can you play every play right you know it's just like again all about that what's right in front of you, that immediate process, that immediate next step. Cause anything else is going to take you out of the moment and you're going to be out of touch with that the magic of the present moment, which is where all the all the shit happens.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. It was funny. I watched uh I talk I work with some fighters on that very same concept about really? staying rooted in the present and um, you know, had a really good, you know, really good run working with Cody Garbrandt and who won the title and he was having a great fight in his last fight and there was one moment and i talked to him about this one moment where the crowd started chanting like the crowd started chanting fuck you tj which was his opponent yeah and i've never heard the crowd actually get that negative right. towards an opponent it was yeah. really aggressive right and i i was like super like I'm, i know him, i know him so well he's like a little brother right and i watched him and like for a moment i saw him like his like what like what is the crowd saying yeah and the, in the first round, the same head kick, he, he slipped it by like a mile. Like it wasn't even close. Really? And then the guy, then TJ throws that same head kick and hits him flush. And I talked to him afterwards, and that was like, that propelled him to be more aggressive. And that was kind of the, the, the moment, the momentum changer of the fight, yeah. for sure. And I talked to him afterwards, like, you heard what, you know, you recognized what was going on, you know, that chant from the crowd, yeah. didn't you? He's like, yeah. He's like, what was that about? And I was like, that was that one moment where your mind drifted from that fight right in front of you the kicks that might come the punches might come and just that
1: slight errant thought yeah what the fuck is the crowd (laughs) chanting right now like i've never heard that and is that a reflection of how great i am or a reflection of how bad this guy is like that the
0: moment's thought just allowed that opening where obviously tj is an amazing fighter and he's also a good friend but that allowed that moment for that kick to connect on his head and it's just that's all it took
1: yeah i um i i spoke uh, to TCU's baseball team uh, at the beginning of the most recent season um, because uh, th- they'd read The obstacles the Way, but then that year the the sports writers had ranked them like the number one team in college baseball going into the season. Mm. And so the coach is like, obviously that's on the one hand a, a great reflection of the coach because the coach does all the recruiting and the training. And so it's it's a positive statement about the team. But on the other hand, it's like a coach's worst nightmare. Yeah, like the last thing you want to be doing is going into the season thinking you don't have to earn this. Yeah, like that. Like they, they've done studies in college basketball where, like, being down less than two points going into halftime is actually a statistical advantage. So being down like twenty points, obviously, not a statistical mm-hmm. advantage. Being up. You'd think being up two points would be a statistical advantage, but in fact, being de- being close but down is a statistical advantage because you're cl- you know you can do it, but you have something to prove. Yeah. Um. And so he they he gave all the every uh, player on the team like a uh, um a binder and the top of it said ego is the enemy because that like the last thing that you want going into mm-hmm. the year is to think like we're number one we deserve this it's our we've already earned it you know that's like not what you want and i think um in all the in in everything from athletics to like right anything that has like a public component yeah uh you can get distracted by it it's not only your own ego like hey i'm really mastering this like i'm getting full of myself um but it's like it or it's like i think i'm a god but like other people are like you're the best ever like you're a god you know um that's that's where it comes in yeah it's also an issue because
0: expectation creates attachment like you you assimilate that expectation it becomes your norm like the ego is so greedy that it's like expectation it gobbles that up and it makes it part of itself yes and then so you're attached to that because it's a part of you and then if you're attached to it you're afraid of losing it you're afraid of losing your attachment so just by gobbling up that expectation you introduce fear and then that fear is what is fear. Well, fear is a belief in something negative potentially happening. So then you get this fear mechanism, which is this subtle belief that's working against your positive belief. Right. And so it all comes in this subtle little tricky cycle where the ego, ego, eagerly grabbing up all this praise and all this expectation yeah. and exposes itself to fear.
1: Yeah, it's like if you're really smart, ego can tell you that you're a genius, and that's like a a toxic thing because you're not going to put in the work or you're going to you're going to make mistakes you're going to trust your first instincts instead of questioning them but then the hard part is if, it's like if what you do is public then you might go like i'm not a genius but then what if what if the new york times is hailing you as a genius do you know what i mean then it starts yeah. to feel like oh it's not my ego it's the truth it's which is almost yeah and so you yeah you can get caught up in that stuff and like you you really you really have to ignore it as much as possible like i try to like I think as a writer online, like one of the things that I don't look at at all, probably to my detriment in some ways, but I think it like, I've never looked at the stats on my own website. Like, I don't want to know mm-hmm. what's working or not working. i like, I know like, Hey, people are liking this. I'm hearing from fans. Like I'm pr- I want, I want those metrics. I don't want to go like this did X amount of page use. So it's better than this one, which did, you know, half X page use yeah, because it's interesting that's not the metric that i want to determine success by Mm -hmm. and so yeah it's like if you if you think the number of instagram followers that you have is a reflection of how good or bad you are um maybe you should look at how shitty some of the top people on instagram actually are (laughs) do you know what i mean like (laughs) well that's that slippery slope of the positive feedback loop right like
0: a girl Who's just wanting to put out a kind of a positive message and, you know, express herself on Instagram. She shows her butt one time and all of a sudden those likes, they go through the roof. Yeah. And then they're like, wow, wow. I see what the audience wants. Yeah. Yeah. And then she's like, you know, feeling like, man, you know, I'd like some more validation. Right. More ass shot. More. And then it's like, it ends up building and all of a sudden she's an Instagram model. And the whole idea of what she was there for in the first place is different. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But if you just follow you know the kind of crude those crude metrics rather than your own guide star you can get steered in some weird weird alleys
1: yeah it's like you have this compass and then there's like a mag like there's a magnet over here that is fucking with the compass and you've got to you've got to be able to know i have to actually compensate for that like i have to go extra degrees in this (laughs) direction so i'm continuing to go in the straight line that i want to go in right yeah it's just finding that finding that path you know that little that woo way, just kind of right through the middle, find well, think, the dial, find about, the balance. Think about with your book, like is it a success because it hits the New York Times bestseller list? Is it a success because it sells for 20 years? Is it a success because it helps uh, 25 elite performers do what they do? Is it a success because it makes on it better or bigger? Is it success because it gives you a platform? Is it a success because you wrote the best book you are humanly capable of. It's like, it's kind of a combination of all those things. Some of those are dangerous traps,
0: especially like the New York Times bestseller. Mm -hmm. Like that is the most dangerous of all traps because it's the most out of your control. And it's yes. the most extra requiring some external combination of sales and tastemaker and, and whoever else to just manipulated by other people yeah, to right? bless your book with yeah. the holy water and right. say this right. is that but it also you know it is a valuable piece if you get it's a weird that one's the worst one yes. i think the best one is the last one you mentioned which is this book is a success because i i wrote the best fucking book i could sure and that i think you know and i did and yeah. that's what feels good because there was times there was time I had choices. Yes. I had choices in multiple drafts and draft revisions all the way up to the last draft revision where I could have just been like, yeah, it's good. You know, whatever yeah. changes you want are good, but sure. I, I never chose that. I always like, no matter what was going on, no matter what other options I could have done to take the short shortcut, I didn't. And so as long as I just rest my rest, my support on that,
1: yeah, I'll be fine. Well, I think, and, and you know, there's also more than one definition of success, right? So like, I think one of the mistakes people make, whether with any creative project or their lives, is they go like, "Okay, here's what I'm trying to accomplish," and then they face choices like the ones you faced, and then they choose the right choice if they were pursuing some other thing, right? So if like if your goal is to like um, be the next hugely popular diet book, well then you made lots of wrong choices in your book, yeah. right? Or if you're if you're if you're trying to accomplish X or Y or Z, you have to. You have to be able to, you have to make decisions in line with that thing. So it's not just like, uh, how do I avoid these bad goals? But oftentimes people will say one thing is their goal and then they'll get distracted by, they'll, they'll, try, to, they'll try to accomplish all the goals at the same time, mm-hmm. even though they are mutu- sometimes mutually exclusive. There's yeah. this story I've used a bunch of times now from Seneca where his definition of tranquility um, is that you're, you're on your path. And you're not distracted by the people who are crisscrossing your path he says and then he says you're also not distracted by the people who are close to your path either so Mm -hmm. it's like what about someone whose 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 path looks like it's intersecting with yours but it's actually parallel or vice versa right like you you can you can go like okay here's what i'm trying to accomplish But so-and-so, who's the CEO of another company, he just put out a book, and look what he got. And it's like, yes, but he made a number of decisions that you chose not to make, and so you can't have both. And so I think people get themselves into trouble. They're like, you know, my number one goal is to be a great father. But then I'm telling myself, like, my business is everything. Or again, vice versa. Like, Like, they're like, I'm running this business, and then they're comparing themselves against, like, a single ceo with no kids who everyone thinks is an asshole and it's like but you have a family and you're a great person and people mm-hmm. and you do all these things for your community like it's not fair for you or to that person for you guys to compare each other because your your paths are so different yeah as
0: soon as you try to compare a comparison in general is the pathway to hell yes you know like it's it is straight paved in comparison mm-hmm. And But especially comparison specifically is what you're talking about, like taking one yeah. little thing and using that as the metric because there's always going to be someone who's better than you at that one thing because yeah. they just devoted more resources to that thing. You got to look at yourself as generally like, oh, well, maybe I'm a little more balanced. Maybe I have a little more time for meditation. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I'm a little nicer to the people around me because I'm not as stressed. You know, maybe I'm going to live a little longer because I'm nurturing my body a little bit more. Right. Like all right. of these right, right, fucking right. things. Yeah. You know, and that's uh that's a really good point to bring up. So with this book here, Perennial oh. Seller, um, yes. you're you cover a lot of this stuff that we're talking about here, right? Like it's yeah. kind of making the case for not this flash in the pan, but for, you know, something that's gonna last and something that you know you've really set your goal and you're basically establishing this goal of like, don't chase the shiny stuff,
1: make something that is valuable. I would say we probably agree that. If, if I were to look at your favorite books and my favorite books, not only would they be a bunch of the same books, but most of them would not be brand new. Yeah. Like they would be uh, from a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago. And I bet this is the same for movies. I bet it's the same for most of the products that you use. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think, I don't know, I've just always admired stuff that stood the test of time. And so I, I've, I've just been really fascinated with like, why do they do that? you know um like my favorite my favorite restaurant in austin is Hofbrau house have you been there <laughs> no uh, i haven't it's like it's a, the most mediocre steakhouse you can imagine <laughs> but it's like I cheap was a money and, and <laughs> it probably is but it's been open since like 1942 right, right. like um or how old is the driscoll hotel yeah. you know or um the austin american statesman has been a newspaper for almost 200 years um, and so I'm just fascinated by things that have done that. Like mm-hmm. nobody, Elon Musk said that starting a company is like eating glass and staring into the abyss. <laughs> I would say that's probably a good, also applies to like books and sure. movies and stuff. So it's like, if you're going to do that, why would you have to start over in one year because it's already irrelevant? Do you know what? Yeah. I, like nobody starts a business cause they hope it goes out of business soon, yeah. but in their businesses, they make a lot of decisions that are not putting themselves in a position to endure or last
0: yeah well you see that in in our business you see that companies will chase like supplement fads yes you know be like you know dr oz is talking about garcinia cambogia we got to get that to market right now right you know and that's gonna that's gonna bump for like in search terms for Mm -hmm. a couple months and if you chase it you can ride that but in a little while nobody's taking that shit because it wasn't founded in like solid science and in
1: I mean i've seen i've seen that in my own life like so when i in 2012 i went to penguin random house and said i want to write a book about stoic philosophy and they were like that's not a good idea <laughs> like <laughs> like they were not particular like i took half the advance for the obstacles of the way as i got for trust ma'am line actually less than half right mm-hmm. so that was that was an indication of just like how enthusiastic they were about this book and then you know it came out and it sold really well and then i did another book and another book and so now like this concept of stoicism is sort of uh the rage like it's there's been articles written about it and trend pieces and so now it's really funny to watch other authors like trying to cash in on it mm-hmm. and uh it not only is it silly beca- to try to cash in on a trend that you are not first on typically but um they're they're Assuming that my work is popular because of the trend and mm. not not for some deeper reason that's related to the trend, do you know yeah. what I mean? So people go like, "Oh, like it, you know everyone's talking about this, so let's do it, and then we'll get rich is like basically the thinking and it's it's like actually there's probably some deeper reason for that success, and the trend is like a symptom or a byproduct of it, right like yeah like um. Um, Mike Myers has said that like fame is like a byproduct of doing good work, but people think they need to become famous to be a good actor. Basically, is like the problem. Well, it, it has
0: it. Ha- you know,
1: fame has occurred without yes. good work, and so yes. that
0: skews the system too. Sure, you know? sure. Like the the Kardashian phenomenon, basically, yes. you know, like that wasn't from an applied ten thousand hours of talent exactly. that they became these giant megalithic, you know right industries and then
1: and then so people go like oh so that's the easier way to do it and actually you should go how many people have ever been famous (laughs) for not being talented not that many but how many really talented people have become successful and famous so what's the which one is better odds yeah
0: and which one yields the greatest happiness overall you know like like the process will yield the happiness it is the work it is earning it you know it's like the lotto winners that win the lottery and you like track them 5 years later and right. like life is in shambles and they right. were way happier before they won the lottery you know it's this weird cuz they didn't they didn't do the work to get that money and earn it and figure out the processes of how to manage
1: wealth and build the build the steps up and really feel like man this is mine it was like totally
0: oh shit i'm rich
1: yeah yeah and and so i think when you're setting out to do something and when you're even just thinking about what you want your career your life to look like you you go to those first principles. You go like, what do people need? What am I good at? what What could actually make a difference? What needs to exist? Not like, oh, fidget spinners are popular right now. What can I do with fidget spinners? You know, which is like essentially what, what most people do. And uh, like I've seen this with with like stoicism, where people are like, oh, let's you should make stoic T shirts, or you know, it's like I didn't get into this to cash <laughs> in. Like I want, I only want to make things that are really good and meaningful. You know, and so it there there is an element of leaving money on the table with this attitude, but yeah. I think only in the short term. In the long term, when you look at the things, you know, uh, George Lucas could have put you know a lot of crappy celebrity cameos into Star Wars that maybe might have made it more popular when it came out. Right, right? Star Wars is beaten at the box office by Smokey and the Bandit, uh, but. Which one did better over the long term? Yeah. And it's because one is rooted in the hero's journey and the other is a, you know, a crappy franchise. Yeah. It's it's abiding
0: by the universal truth that'll be applicable always. You know, yes. and that is,
1: and that is what the
0: best books and what the best music and what the best, they strike a chord that's wordlessly and effortlessly true, you know, yeah. regardless of this, the concepts themselves hold water. And that's, that's why you can read someone like Marcus Aurelius yeah. and have it make sense because he was really tuned in to the processes that were going on internally like how to harden and strengthen through the process of resistance and that's something that will always it's just a
1: universal law we grow through the overcoming of stressors and and that's what i've tried to do stoic wise is go like okay i want to capture the true like right now people are interested in stoicism so that's what you can capitalize it on that way or you can say here's what has always interested people in stoicism and that's the value that i'm going to provide like mm-hmm. you know jeff bezos's mantra is uh is focus on the things that don't change and i think most entrepreneurs and creative people unfortunately do focus on things that are going to change it's also
0: there's like shark tank syndrome yes where
1: it's like everybody thinks they can come up with some little idea and
0: then they'll i could get on shark tank for this They'll get an investor and they'll just mm-hmm. make it work because it's are on tv and it's yeah. fucking right you know and damon john's gonna do it and there we go you
1: know it's gonna be we're gonna be all set when it's like how many how many seasons of shark tank have they done how many products have been on shark tank how many of those have you seen or bought or used yeah it's true right yeah. you know
0: they'll highlight one every once in a while that will be killing it it's yeah. just like proof of concept yeah you know, and, it's, and that is, one is probably going to be successful anyway yeah or, you yeah. know and it feels a little bit like that you know, watching like old running man, you know, like yeah. where they have like something they're displaying to the world, but yeah, inside in the works, most of it is just chaos and crashes and fucking Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And and or or you hear like it's easy to forget just how much stuff is made every day. Like like how many how many films will be accepted into Sundance this year, and how many will be selected, and then how many will win, and then how many will you see? And that's been happening every year for how many years? and um if you're if you're just trying to capture what's in the zeitgeist right now you're basically saying like i have to win this season mm-hmm. whereas like i would rather be like i would rather be the san antonio spurs which is like they have a system and they recruit and they're good every year and some years they go like some years if there's no injuries if the landscape makes it you know work and If everything breaks their way, they go, they win everything. Yeah. But like, you're never. No team is ever going into a game being like, "Oh, good, we're only playing the Spurs today." (laughs) You know. Whereas like other teams that are like, you know, we're we're trying to get that draft pick to get that star player, and then we're gonna be good for a couple years. Like that. That just doesn't interest me. Or leveraging all that
0: money, you know, you see that in in MMA leagues too. You know, they'll be gobbling up these old fighters with an old name, and it's just like fucking tito ortiz fighting again how old is he 100 like yeah. <laughs> how many does he even have a spine that flexes like right. what's going on but you know and, and instead of and i think they have some strategy that i'm not i'm not in their business yeah. so i can't knock it but it's if you keep devoting all your effort to these things that expire quickly yeah. you're not actually building the following of the up-and-coming stars that you could actually own and build an empire with like if you keep focusing all your headlines on the tito Ortizes of the world like how are you going to get a conor mcgregor that changes the landscape
1: of your company you know changes the fucking zeitgeist of the world around your sport and look there's lots of ways to make money so i'm not saying that you can't make money doing those other things Mm -hmm. i'm just saying like that's not how i want to make money and it's not what i want to do and it's like if i was only motivated by money why am i even working in book publishing like that's such a ridiculous (laughs) industry you know like I'm I could go make money on Wall Street. I would just rather do that you know if like mm-hmm. if I was just trying to make as much money as quickly as possible, like selling people books is probably <laughs> like the worst way to do it. so if I'm gonna do it, I should do it right, you know, and I think if like if you feel called to do something, you have to respect that and you have to yeah. respect whatever space that you're in like yeah if you're if you're like, okay, this fighter is worth X on the market, and then we can arbitrage that blah, blah like yeah just trade stocks man you know like uh there's way there's it's way it's easier it's way easier you know like open a food truck or something like it's way easier or or a laundromat like something that's way more predictable that doesn't can't go as wrong as easily as you know it's just way easier it's i think a lot of stephen pressfield talks about people chasing
0: these shadow careers because it's actually scary to work on your calling yeah. to a certain degree mm-hmm. like that is terrifying because if you fail at the thing you know you're called to do it hurts you the worst you think it hurts sure. you the worst but the thing is that like, there is no such thing as failing it's just getting better at that thing but there's yeah. all of this resistance and distraction that'll have you chasing these things that you really don't care about so if they lose you can just fold them and go away yeah you know and i think that's that's one of the traps that people fall in they'll start a project and they won't even finish it like a painter will you know, painter will finish. 75 percent of a piece and it looks amazing but she won't finish the rest and then right. that way she never has to take it to market or go to the gallery and then have it up for rejection she just has the process that she can post about sure. like that looks dope right and then she's like okay good right you know, it's it's an interesting
1: phenomenon yeah yeah and i mean look I, I could see how very easily someone in your position could fall into it It's like you like books but you're the ceo of this company mm-hmm. and so um how dedicated are you going to be to this thing that if you fail at challenges you, right? It says something about you. And so I, I see lots of people in that position all the time. They sort of, they don't, they don't actually commit to doing it. Mm -hmm. They always say they're going to commit, but they don't, at some point they never, they fail the commitment because it's like the teenager. It's like, if I don't try, then I can't fail, (sighs) you know? Uh, And and then I I was the same way. Like I, I, um, I, 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 when I was growing up, I was I was a natu- naturally like a really good runner, and then I started running in high school, and all of a sudden there were like other good runners, so like I wanted to be the runner who just dicked around the most and like got in trouble the most and got away with the most instead of competing with these people and them beating me anyway. Yeah,
0: no, that's I see that in athletes too. You know, athletes who will intentionally fuck off you know like the week of the fight so yeah. that so that in their head if they lose yeah like yeah you know i, I was just didn't train up. enough you know, yeah i'm I, I, but i met that girl though you know so yeah. you know i'm living my life bro. yeah, yeah. you know instead of like really yeah. saying no i i did everything i could and i just wasn't good enough this night you know like yeah that's but that's what that's what the real champions do you know is they they don't leave them they don't need to leave themselves these these backdoor outlets because they can take that blow to their ego yeah that's ego is resilient
1: enough that's what i liked about the conor mcgregor fight is like he was almost certainly never gonna win that fight (laughs) do you know what i mean yeah but one he thought maybe he could and he's the only one that knows right yeah and then and then he gave it everything and then he was like yeah yeah that was it yeah (laughs) i tried (laughs) you know like it, it wasn't there was no excuses yeah uh there and there was but there was never there was never a sense that he wasn't trying to win either right do you know what i mean yeah yeah he didn't he didn't just phone it in for the money yeah he didn't phone it in and it also wasn't like a farce yeah like the the run-up to it was like preposterous but like it was a real fight and two people fought and one walked out the winner do you know what i mean and like there's a binaryness to that that i think just scares the shit out of us Mm mm-hmm yeah and i think that's where that
0: internal work knowing that you aren't defined by these external circumstances you aren't defined by the medals the accolades the scorecards the likes on your posts, whatever it's just following your guide star like all the way through being true to who you really fucking are
1: although one of the things i talk to sports coaches about and i always tell them i'm jealous of is that like you take like a good basketball coach uh or a good baseball coach especially it's like They'll have lost hundreds of games. Like even in a good baseball, like you, you win the World Series, you lost like um, probably at least sixty games in the regular season. Like that's mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so like they get so com- in a, in a way, they get so comfortable with losing that it actually does become what we're talking about, right? Like they know like you can have a great game and lose, and have the worst game ever and win. Like the the um. Atlanta Falcons won last night in Sunday Night Football, and like both the Saints and the Falcons played equally terrible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, So the yeah, fact yeah. that one emerged the winner is not an indicative of the the placement of either team. Yeah. And um, the problem is the rest of us in life don't have that. And so I actually think that's one reason to have some athletic, competitive uh, pursuit in your life, whether it's weightlifting or running or swimming or whatever it is, or CrossFit even um so you can get comfortable like just not like just comfortable losing Mm -hmm. because like for me i put out i've I've released seven books i would be devastated if one of those was a failure right and i've put that's way more books than most people like you've had one book right like and so you're not going to be if if it sells zero copies even all of what we're talking about here it's gonna be very difficult for you to go like (laughs) you win some you lose some you know because no, yeah. there's not some there's just one there's yeah, just yeah, the yeah. one yeah Yeah. you don't have the volume to get used to that yes yeah. yes so we, we can't be philosophical enough the way that uh yeah like uh, to go back to the game and i know people will be way far away for when pe- whenever people are listening to this but like in the saints game sean payton got upset at a call, walked onto the field, got a penalty and it lost the game. So he, he just, he blew the entire game, right? And, but he, he was just like, sometimes you do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because he's coached hundreds of games, yeah. you know? And like, he'll, he'll learn something from it and he'll walk away from it, you know? He'll be better for the experience, like. I think just, that's, the, that's the hard
0: part with when there's absolute loss. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if you do something and it, it hurts somebody, absolutely you know like you've caused some irreparable thing to happen Mm -hmm. and you don't you don't really get another chance to be like oh yeah i learned from that you know i I learned from my drug driving yeah the family's dead but you know like right there's some some decisions that are like so gnarly in the consequences yeah that it's really difficult i didn't get to tell
1: my dad i loved him before he died or yeah like you get
0: you don't get a bunch of practice runs at that Mm -hmm. but the universe it feels like you tend to get little micro opportunities for that like maybe for that example maybe there was a chance where you were going away on a long trip and you could have yes practice sure you know before the before the long death Mm -hmm. like you know you can't sometimes there are massive consequences out of your control but you can control the small things you know you can like do the little steps along the way and that helps with the bigger things because sometimes this big shit just happens just lightning bolts come sure out of the blue and those can be incredibly valuable too because they'll shake you of your attachments shake you of what you think you couldn't live without, like, I couldn't be me without this, my reputation or my success or my money. And then something will come and it'll just dash that against the wall, like you threw a, a Christmas
1: ornament against like a cinder block wall. And just yeah. Goosh, and you're like, oh, well, I'm still here. Yeah. I think, I think I have a line in ego's enemy where I was saying it's like the world is constantly giving you feedback. And so you can hear it when it's in a whisper. Or you can wait for it to like hold you down and scream it in your ear. Do you know what I mean? Like you can, so, so yeah, it's like, oh, you know what? I wish I would have told them that before I was gone for two weeks. Yeah. I should. And then, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be improved by that situation. Or you can, every time you go on a trip, you make the same mistake over and over and over again. And then one day like they're gone. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's where you get that major experience then you learn it because it's like it's staring you in the face and it yeah. can't be avoided too loud and so ideally you, yeah it's like ideally you want ideally you want to trip and fall not trip and fall off a cliff you know like <laughs> like so yeah. can, can you do this stuff early and can you learn from those experiences and then also i mean look this is why i think literature is so important i think this is why understanding history is so important can you learn from those mistakes from other people like how many, how many people have you heard tell stories about, you know, not making things right with their parents and then losing them? And then you're like, oh, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. But then do you do anything about it in your <laughs> sure. own life or, or, yeah, like historically, like where we are politically right now? Like if, if people had even just a slight understanding of history, this would not be where we are right now. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. no one would have taken the maybe it'll totally work out. <laughs> but i don't think so but maybe but we would not the have obstacle taken is the
0: way, ryan we the would obstacle not have taken is this the risk. way. we're <laughs>
1: just creating a bigger obstacle <laughs> sure. so we have a stronger way on the other side yeah and we just might not survive it uh <laughs> but like if people would know like people th- it doesn't always end up in cat- catastrophe but sometimes in similar situations it does and so if people had a better understanding of history they never would have taken the risk
0: yeah i think it's really important to to like accept those small failures accept when you're wrong accept when you're off course rather than paving over them and making excuses and justifications like you gotta like when you step in a little bit of dog shit you gotta smell it look at it yeah take your time and be like wow i got shit all over me like uh, this is my fault take ownership of those little things and then you know it
1: won't hopefully the big shit won't won't happen yeah I, i wrote in my journal the other day i was i was like I was hanging on to something and and I the line I wrote um, people who hang on to something must be very confident that they know when they're going to die. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like that I felt that I had the luxury of like, oh, I'll deal with this tomorrow or like, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm mad about this instead of apologizing or making it right now, even though I know in two days this will have all blown over. So I'm, what I'm doing is I'm saying that I know for sure that I have two days. Yeah. That's the, you know, one of the guide stars for me has been the Lakota philosophy of
0: today is a good day to die. Yeah. Like to be able to go into that day being like, today is a good day to die. My house is in order. My affairs Mm -hmm. are in order. I've said, I love you to all the people I love. I've done the things I've, I've kissed the, kissed, you know, the the wife I've done. I've done the things that I need to do so that if today is my day. You right. Know, I go with the smile to the other side. Like maybe it's a shame and you fight it and whatever, but yeah. your affairs are in order, you know. Yes.
1: You're not you're not writing checks that you don't know you're gonna be around to cash.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's it. If you can wake up, if you can get to
0: that point. And I think that's also another beautiful thing about for me, this book process is, you know, even even with the go for your win, especially with this rewrite, and then with this book, I feel like some of my the reason why I'm here, like some of the gift that I had to give, yeah. is at least in existence. Sure. You know what I mean? It's out of my mind and out of the processes that I've gone through, and it actually exists because you can die. You know, I think one of my greatest fears earlier was dying before i was able to give any of the gifts that i'm able to give and like every time i write a book it's like a little bit like at least i got that one out
1: so yeah
0: now i get hit by a bus like i got a little bit of a little bit of headway at least
1: although the Stokes would say like look it doesn't matter because you're gonna be dead either way (laughs) but uh like do you know what i mean like you're not gonna but they were also obsessed with their legacy too at the same in the same regard i think they were but but i guess they would go like you're not going to be a unfulfilled legacy or fulfilled legacy you're not going to be around to know either way right you're not going to be around like there's this um there's this roman poet i'm forgetting his name but he's saying he's like when you die um you you'll miss out on all these things you'll never uh see your child running down the hall uh to to be picked up in your arms ever again and then and then he says but you'll be dead. So you won't know that you're missing it, you know? (laughs) And, and so there's like a freedom in that too. But, but I did find like, so I I turned 30 this year and it was, it was amazing for me to go like, okay, like I'm married to a woman I love. I, I have a son. Uh, I have, I've written these books. I've done tons of work that I'm proud of. It's like, it's all upside from here. Like, you know what I mean? Like there isn't any of that, like but I haven't had enough time, mm-hmm. and that that's like that is to me that's like true wealth yeah. to be like that. Everything else is now uh, house money is like fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I, even as like in, like as in an as an investor and stuff, I think about that. It's like my first thing is like, can I take my initial money out? You know, as soon as I can get whole. Yeah. Then I'm then I feel great about everything. You know what I mean? Like if you put money in Bitcoin, you could sell just enough. <laughs> Now you can just watch the spectacle. Yeah. Do you know totally. what I mean?
0: It's like even when you're gambling in in Vegas or yes. whatever and you you gamble and then you put your initial
1: buy-in back in your pocket. Yeah. And at that point, gambling is fun as shit. Yeah. As, and I, as
0: long as you have the discipline not to go back in your yes. pocket. Yeah,
1: can you do <laughs> yeah. that? But that's and that to me, that's a, a wonderful. So if I if I have one year and one day, or if I have sixty more years or some scientific breakthrough and I have a hundred more years, like I'm I'm good. I'm good yeah yeah and that's and then you can be
0: really free and happy because yeah. then it diminishes the fear and then it diminishes that and then you'll end up being more productive anyways yeah you know that's yeah, the thing yeah. like you're a better gambler when you're not playing with scared money like yes. that's sure. universally true whether you're playing poker or whatever like if you're free to be able to make the moves you need to move be aggressive when you need to be aggressive bluff when you need to bluff mm-hmm. you know that's when you're going to be your freest but yes. it's it's counterintuitive because you think the more you care The more successful you'll be but really the less fear you have and the freer you are to express yourself generally the more productive you're going to be
1: well we talked about that fight where it was just the one second of hesitation when he's like why are they doing this or that yeah um that's what that's what that sort of regret or hesitation or expectation or whatever that it's if the margin for error is so thin why do you think you have room to like second get so if you get in a position where you're like win or lose i'm good that's like fantastic mm-hmm. and you're going to be honest and like, like when I look, I mean, and I don't, cause some people disagree politically, but like when I look at like the people, I don't, not when I look at Trump cause Trump's like whatever he is, <laughs> when I look at people who are involved with him, I very much understand that a huge percentage of that is like they wanted to accomplish X and they saw him as a means for doing so yeah. or like, they're paid well or they're doing this so then they can be on get a Fox News contract or you know there's all these things that they want and it's like the or, or just people who are afraid to lose what they have so they won't say what's obviously true mm-hmm. like that they can't go like this dude is insane or they can't <laughs> go like hey um, obviously i'm a republican so i want republicans to be in power but i draw the line at child rapists you know like i'm not gonna like i'm not gonna be a party to that those are people who are living in a position where they're where they're playing with scared money like they're afraid to lose what they have Mm -hmm. and so like the thing i cherish the most is me being able to say and speak what i feel and so like i want to make sure that i'm making life decisions that support that that never goes put that back in jeopardy. to your first idea of like what is your win like, yeah what is your ultimate
0: goal what's right. your what's your kpi on life yeah. you yeah. know and that's and if that's to have freedom autonomy and you know that's the thing the thing that people miss because you can get in that other trap where you start making a certain amount of money and now your expectation and identity is exactly your ego absorbs all of that yeah all right to the bleeding edge of what you have so any less yes and you're miserable you know it's like or you just say no like i was good
1: way back there a long time ago and this growth yeah this is just fucking gravy i I remember my first job when i dropped out of college uh they paid me thirty thousand dollars a year and i remember saying out loud to another person What am I gonna do with all this money? (laughs) And so, so like, I try to return to that all like, like so. I felt rich. Like I felt like I I had a lifestyle and a way of of think a a naivete, obviously at nineteen. That like I thought thirty thousand dollars was like more money than one could reasonably spend. Right. And this wasn't like nineteen fifties dollars. This was like two thousand six. Right. So this is not that long ago. Um and so i i as much as i can keep that true you know that's super powerful cuz it's not that hard to make $30,000 yeah. right and so but yeah people go people felt rich when they when they crossed six figures and now they heard that somebody made somebody got a a seven figure bonus where they only got a a high six figure they're bonus and shitty. they're like what the fuck is this how am i how am i gonna feed my family you know and like that's a those are the people that go yeah trump's okay you know yeah, or whatever That yeah, yeah. there are people who can't speak truth when they need to i've often meditated on you know
0: when i was right after college i moved out to this like basically one room cabin out on uh my family's ranch property and i'm still you know as unlikely as it is i remember i was happy in that thing sure I'm, my girlfriend from Australia at the time and she was out there living with me. And I remember us making like, you know, sandwiches in the little toaster and yeah. like I was cruising around and I could like build a fire pit with my hands out there and I was doing my work and trying to figure out how I was going to mm-hmm. start this marketing company and I was happy in that yeah. little place. And so even now with all this, when I get too paranoid or too stressed, it was like, look, if no matter what happens, that little, that little yeah. one room house is still unoccupied, you know, and I could just, sit out there and i could write and i could meditate and i could
1: you know bring some mushrooms out there every once in a while and (laughs) yeah i'd be okay no like uh bill burr has this amazing joker he's I, i forget the setup but he's just saying he's like there's way worse things than like sleeping on a cot and eating ramen and like working a job you hate to support like people you hate is way worse than sleeping on a cot and eating ramen you know yeah and so yeah it's like if you can look back to those like good old days uh, and and actually be okay with returning to them, it allows you to make decisions I think other people would never, never consider. Do you think that's what the
0: fundamental basis of this minimalist movement is all about? Like People who've gotten too caught up in the trappings of more and more and more, they're like, I got to get back to baseline
1: because I can't control my attachment yeah. to all of these things. I, th- I think that's probably part of it. I mean, I think they're probably thinking that having like physical, like freedom from physical things will give them mental f- and psychological mm-hmm. freedom. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the Stoics, uh, Seneca was like the richest man in Rome uh, mm-hmm. or the second richest man in Rome. And he, he would say, he's like, look, this, the philosopher should be indifferent to wealth or yeah. poverty, right? The philosopher can be a philosopher if he's a slave, he should be a philosopher if he's uh, a rich businessman. But he's gonna prefer being rich, is what he was saying. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he if would, you can control the internet. He the, would rather. It's yeah. ha- like if you're saying, okay, do you want to have nothing and like be struggling for your next meal, or do you want to have complete abundance? Um, uh, obviously, you'd rather have complete abundance. And actually, what he was saying, which I like, is he was saying, look, there's only one way to be philosophical when you're poor, which is to like bear your can bear and endure your condition honorably or is he saying actually being rich presents more opportunities to be philosophical because you have all these things that you have to balance and make sure that they're not changed it's it's actually not harder but it's a different kind of hard to be bill gates and not be an asshole well
0: it's easier it's always easier to do the external work than it is to do the internal work like Mm -hmm. you show someone a sand pile and give them a spoon and say enlightenment is just actually physically taking your hand and spooning this sand pile into this other thing yeah they will get that motherfucker done but when it comes to like the inner work sure that's way way harder and i think i've always thought the same thing even biblically you know they say a a rich man has the same chance of entering the kingdom of heaven which is yeah you know really when you get into it is not about the afterlife it's about the state of being sure you know in heaven and in peace with oneself as as a camel getting through the eye of a needle like it's going to be really hard externally but in a way you know the hardness of it can be your again it's the obstacles yeah way. like you apply stoicism to that same thing and say oh yeah you'll have many things that will be a lot of opportunities to practice the release of attachment yeah where you know it, it doesn't doesn't mean that you can't do it just because you have those things you can use those things to help you propel you to even greater release of attachment because you have more things that you could potentially lose so
1: well i like the muhammad ali quote where he says uh it's hard to be humble when you're as great as i am (laughs) and it's like yeah it is it's harder do you know what I mean? like he's he was saying it's like oh that's why i'm not humble but i think you take it as like yeah you have to work harder than someone who's not the so your humility
0: will be even if you truly are. Your yeah humility will be even more tested. Yeah, and it'll be even more strong. And it'll, and it'll be, be even, more
1: impressive if yeah. you get there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like Chris Rock saying everybody's faithful if they don't have options. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean. Yeah. Like uh-huh. when you got op- like a true, like someone who's truly represents that would have all the options in the world. Yeah, you know, and then yeah, that's, yeah, and be practicing that, and then then that's when that's true faith. But if you have limited options and right all right you know that it's that's you may have it but it hasn't been tested and that testing process yeah is what makes things stronger ultimately yeah of course but it's the it's the hard road and a lot of people aren't they don't have that mentality they don't have that driving philosophy that ethos to say whatever is external is just an opportunity to improve my internal yeah you know, they don't have that thing they just get focused on the external so Minimalism is kind of well, I'll just remove all the external. And that's a good, yeah. you know, maybe like a, a immediate band-aid. Yes. But even better would be to have all the
1: things and yes. be like, Oh, I could lose all the things in a minute, or just give them away freely and just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or or maybe it's like the digital minimalism, I think if it if it was the equivalent of like detox, like I have a drug problem. yeah. Clearing it <laughs> yeah. off. Yeah. yeah. Then I have to go back into the real world. Do you know what I mean? I don't get to live in this hospital room for the rest of my life. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I think I think that's right. Um, the yeah the the, I don't know. Um, I I think, the the idea that you're just gonna fix this stuff by some sweeping like like that you're gonna go on a juice cleanse and then you're gonna be healthy is like not how that works either. It's it's hard. It's harder. Yeah. Uh, it but it can a be a good work. first step yeah yeah, you know, yeah so
0: giving some of your extra shit away could be a good first step mm-hmm. you know simplifying things could be a good first doesn't mean that these aren't the right moves yes it's just you have to look at it as an intermediate step one juice cleanse isn't going to cover yourself from a pack a day of cigarettes yeah. and you know a life of
1: eating bullshit you know and fucking to lay pies and tra- you know? tra- travels the same way like people think like oh i gotta get away i gotta go up in the mountains i gotta retreat i was actually nervous because uh, i'm tend to be skeptical of people who go away to write Mm -hmm. and i remember with your book you're like i'm scheduling this time (laughs) because most people the fact that they have to schedule the time means that even when they schedule the time they're not going to do it yeah and so yeah people go like i'm just so so stressed (laughs) you know i'm just i'm just i work so hard i'm taking a two month trip to bali and it's like they're not seneca would say no no it's emerson he said, "People bring ruins to ruins. Like they they think like if I go visit this beautiful historic site, uh-huh. like I'll find some peace there. And it's like, no, you're just as wrecked as that thing is. Yeah. And and so I think the minimalism and the travel thing, the problem is people see them as like these panaceas, like that it's the magical. It's and actually, you know, I don't do any of the plant medicine stuff that you've talked about, but people probably think like." i go in the jungle i drink this broth ayahuasca it's all good from i'm there from for the rest of my life like i have this thing and it's like no this is just a this is a way to access this thing mm-hmm. but it's what you do with it and yeah. it's how you maintain it when i was when i was going away i mean i like a
0: nice small room with limited other things yeah. but you still it's still the hell you're yeah. still in the yeah. same hell you're still pacing around the room you're still like i could just you know kind of go down and i could walk around i could do this thing i could do this thing i could go fuck you know tap into work and answer all the you know yeah you still face the same hell it's just for me it's limited uh, you know limited avenues of attack of my attention yeah you know like i which was a very practical thing but it doesn't diminish the hell right yeah wherever you go there you are there you are (laughs) a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent well shit man we fucking ran through an hour done done yeah Killed it! It's great to see you again, friend. Yeah, them. thanks, man. Yeah, I have to get back out, you were showing me all your animals out there on your ranch. You got quite the yes. collection now. Yeah, Some yeah. I got adults. I got more land now too. Oh shit! Yeah. Last time I went out, we had a we t- had to take a bird to the animal hospital. <laughs> yeah. It was quite eventful. There was this bird <laughs> who was wounded, and there was this water snake that was going after the bird, and it was like time pressure. And I was like, Do you set that up for all your guests, like to have like the optimal it's, ranch experience? It's never never a dull <laughs> moment. Something has always gone horribly wrong. <laughs> oh good shit all right perennial seller this is your latest one out daily stoic was the one before it right Uh huh that one's dope too i'm sure you got like a
1: whole stack of anything else coming anything else you want to talk about not yet oh i have the journal did i send you the journal the daily stoic journal yes got that journal based on the book too Mm -hmm. and all kinds of little thank you
0: also for all those little kind of cool mementos the memento moris the coins and the little shit yeah yeah. Yeah, you got some fucking dope things and thanks Not for the clever. captain america weights oh yeah man get that we got some punisher plates coming really like, i like the punisher way more than yeah, captain america yeah these, these are going to be sweet i think that might have been the first time i mentioned it sweet. exclusive <laughs> all right my man all right thanks good shit thanks yeah. everybody peace thanks for listening to the podcast everyone if you're interested in the book on the day check out ownthedaybook.com there's a bunch of cool pre-order stuff that's going up And I really just appreciate all the support, all the love I've been getting for that. And make sure to check out Ryan's new books, Perennial Seller and, of course, Conspiracy. That dude is a prolific author. He's got all kinds of awesome books. So definitely make sure to check out his body of work. Next week, we have one of my favorite podcasts I've ever laid down with Tim Kennedy. I left that thing so fired up. I'm really excited to release that. So hope you guys enjoy that. And as always, if you're feeling the love, leave a comment. It's much appreciated. And I will talk to you guys soon.